What's going on? You're listening to King Cam's on Jumbe's podcast. And Jumbe means message. And today's message is East African Crusades. Yes, I said it. East African Crusades. Check this out. In East Africa, a series of crusades were fought on her fertile soil. Some had its origin 400 years before the popular medieval crusades, but soon melted into the European and Arab war in one way or another. Consequently, some tried to stay neutral, while others took a side in the war due to religious or political reasons. Hence the prophetic Bible scripture, princes shall come out of Egypt, Ethiopia, shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. Psalms 68:31. Who was involved in these campaigns? Was it Egypt, Sudan, and Ethiopia? All of them. Maybe was it because of foreign influence? And what side were they on? Were these groups in Africa Christian or non-Christian? Did they have or may have helped other nations, African and non-African? The small groups inside of each nation or faction have beef or issues with each other? Um, Which sect or religious sect was involved in this fighting? So we're going to discuss how they got involved in the war as well as prove that the East African nations had a hand in becoming an outcome. And during the campaigns, they used different methods, such as unity, to maintain their sovereignty. All right? Now, since the dawn of time, Sudan's territories merged the lands of Kush, Tafar, and Nubia, thus becoming part of the various Nile River civilizations. Nubia, or of Egypt, was below the first cataract of the state, modern state of Egypt. As centuries went by and as Egypt fell to foreign invaders, Nubia closed her doors and maintained her own commerce by trading goods and gold. During the early Christian age in the sixth century, according to tradition, a missionary from the Byzantine Empire uh, arrived in Nubia and went on to convert many Sudanese. Hence the Nubian kings uh, during this time, during the sixth century, adopted Christianity as their official religion of the state under the denomination of the Coptic um, brand of Christianity. So a hierarchy of bishops was established and ordained in Egypt. And as far as politics, the church sanctioned kings of Sudan confirming the royal line. Moreover, the king protected the church's ideals and affairs. Kings were crowned by their noble deeds in battle and not because of their bloodline. Now, Ethiopia, Sudan, and Egypt were one of the world's most ancient mainstays. Now, the term Nubia, Kush, Kemet, Moro, and even Ethiopia oftentimes utilized as a collective term for the Nile River region. uh, From ancient times to the medieval period, the nations along the Nile were independent and sovereign nations. People spoke different dialects, which stemmed from a 
Nilo-Saharan language, and Nubia was the land of the great kingdom of Moreau, Kush, or in some cases, like I mentioned before, Upper Egypt, which lasted around or before 10,000 BC to 350 AD. That's a long time for a kingdom to maintain its power. Hmm. Now, upon its decline in 350 AD, missionaries from Alexandria began to come in and convert. Now, the country of Ethiopia, now we deal with Ethiopia, it's also called now the Federal Republic of Ethiopia. Ethiopia is one of the oldest independent countries in Africa and the oldest country in the world. The history of Ethiopia as a nation predates Egypt as well as Sudan. The Greeks gave note to the antiquity of Ethiopia by asserting that Ethiopia established Kemet and over the centuries, the style of government changed from absolute monarchy to that of a democratic system. Even though Ethiopia was naturally a free country, she had to fight off Arab invasions between 580 to 1580. And even the Europeans scrambled for Africa in the late 1800s. Now, towards the end of the scramble, the capital of Ethiopia was established in Addis Ababa. The founder of the capital was Emperor Manolet II. Before the check and balance system, Ethiopia had a governing governing authority called the Crown Council of Ethiopia. So they had their own way of handling things before Europeans wanted to um, make their were free for democracy. Now, the Crown Council of Ethiopia, this is a body that gave, gives advice to the ruling emperor or empresses of, of Ethiopia, acts on the behalf of the Crown, and the council members are elected by the monarch. Federal Republic of Ethiopia has a legal system as well as check and balance system similar to that of the U.S. Parliamentary Republic is where the Prime Minister presides as the head of state, like the President is the head of the state of the U.S. Their system consists of a mixture of regional law as well as national, national courts. Now, the source of the Ethiopian economy is agriculture, which uh, coffee is its main exported good. Basil Davidson, the author of The Lost Cities of Africa, says, as a country, as the country of Ethiopia and Sudan grew, their skills increased also. The people did sail down the coast of Ethiopia, uh, of Africa, trading and buying and selling. So, rewinding back to the medieval period, East Africa established trade with India and China long before you. Understand. So independent merchants established their small seaports along the coast. One of the largest was the port of uh, Misiwa or Masawa, showing economic stability in the time of war. So Ethiopia will soon draw negative attention to herself. Always a hater in the room. Despite the traditional foundation, in Christianity, the fifth century brought problems to the European, to the Ethiopian Eastern world. The land was ravaged by vandals and invasions of Western Europe. Most of the Western uh, the Europeans were looking for 
this figure called Prester John. And it was low-key looking for uh, the Ark of the Covenant. We'll talk about that another time.